So I watched a movie that was really, really good, but difficult to watch. It's called The Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm sure you've seen it on Netflix. On the I have, on Netflix. and haven't watched it yet, because I've heard it's of that nature. Yeah. And those are the movies that are on a... I have a lot of movies on a list. Yep. I have a miniseries, a couple of miniseries on that list as well, um, that are like, I know I need to yep. watch this, but I know I'm going to have a rough time when I do. I mean, it's... Tell me in, a little bit about it's, it. It's informative, you know, like, I didn't know much about what happened with this thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go into too many details, but like, oh, man, it's it's about like riots and police incitement and using people as like political making political examples out of people and uh there's a lot of different ideologies expressed a lot of it is like factual i mean it's a courtroom drama and so a lot of it is taken right from the you know the transcript of how the the proceedings went and uh the judge is <laughs> such a such a i like i can't come up with a word strong enough <laughs> for how bad this guy is and apparently they toned him down for the movie oh, wow. like they literally toned him down okay um, now tell me how how's like the the craft filmmaking behind this movie oh i is, mean is it like a well-made like well it's written and directed by aaron sorkin who i'm not like oh he directed the, it yes i'm not interested like obsessed with Aaron Sorkin. I know a lot of people are, but I undoubtedly think that he's an extremely skilled uh, writer and filmmaker. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the it's shot very well. I didn't even it's, know. I'll check this out for sure. It's told very well. I mean, it's, it's a courtroom drama, but it's very engaging from start to finish. Um, and there's some twists that don't feel like they were just like they feel like things that actually happened like they got this information at this point in the trial and that actually happened and it is kind of a twist but yeah some of the things they cut back to because it's mostly taking place like in the time of them in, in court and then they'll do flashbacks but ooh. but mostly i want to make sure and shout out some of the fantastic performances in this movie uh, stacked cast. Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen in this movie is fantastic. Uh, you've got Jeremy Strong. You've got John Carroll Lynch, who oh, wow. I know from a, a, a lot of stuff, but he was actually in a production of A View from the Bridge at the Guthrie Theater that I was an, an extra in as a little kid. So like, I Dude, know I him. was just watching him in Fargo, him. which is like yeah, the first so movie I ever saw him in. And I've been just watching him be an amazing character actor as I grow up. So that's yep. cool. We've got Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who was uh, Calvin, hell yeah, in Watchmen, <laughs> um, oh, who is wow. fantastic in this. You've got Mark Rylance, who's like, I mean, just a legend. Joseph the, Gordon-Levitt yeah. is yeah. in this movie. He's Wait, fantastic. Really? I haven't seen Langella. Joseph Gordon-Levitt in like anything since like Looper, I think, Oof. you know? He's been in a he's been in a good amount of stuff, but I think he's sort of made he's his way selective. into being like he was producing a lot of stuff. And I think he's now still doing a lot of that, but more behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And now he's reached a level of actor status where it's like he is a very important secondary character in a big movie like this, you know? Yeah. And he's, oh, yeah. 
he so yeah he plays the lead prosecuting attorney which is interesting but also he's right for the part i mean joseph gordon levitt has a very innate likability to him and it serves itself well to the part but it's it's complex it's a good movie but there's scenes that make me go i'm watching footage from a month ago three months ago five months ago like very relevant this year and very frustrating and couple scenes pretty hard to watch so uh i do recommend going in if you feel like you can handle it yes yeah i think that's going to be something i watch over the next few days for sure yeah. depending on how the sun is shining outside so <laughs> yeah that's go on a walk after factor. maybe you know yeah uh it was good to watch avatar after it <laughs> i'll say that yeah. that's like a common thing that comes around we watch a lot of shit that's like oh thank god we have avatar to <laughs> yeah. back this shit up you know yep yep and i'm uh that actually transitions well into what i've been yeah uh watching and listening to lately so i watched something that i'll touch on briefly because that's what we do on this podcast yeah we talk about movies and shit but uh that brief thing is blue jay oh yeah i love uh i almost don't want to say anything about it at all but uh it's just a great like it's uh, mark deplass movie (laughs) you know cast black and white only a couple locations. Yep, Mark Duplass and Sarah Beautiful. Paulson. Yep. That's yep. what I'll say about it. And yep. if you like those kind of movies that make you go, oh, wow, this feels like how I feel, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say about that because I feel like it's a great movie to go in blind yeah, to. just go watch uh, it. The thing I've been really spending a lot of time on, which is something you actually recommended me Right after wrap and recording of our last episode. Yep. So we've only had a couple days here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm already in it. Yeah. I'm like, I know I'm not nearly in it. Because I could just tell I've barely scratched the surface. But <laughs> oh, I yep. am sucked in. And that is the podcast, The Magnus Archives. Ooh. <sighs> this is Jonathan Sims <laughs> recording. <laughs> At the Magnus Archives. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so good. It's, yeah. Eva turned me onto it a while ago, and okay. I'm now ahead of her. <laughs> so I'm going to try to describe it because I'm so new yeah, to it. Go and for see, it. And then you fill in anything that you think is like, oh, you should also. So it's basically just a podcast, and the framing of this podcast is a gentleman is taking over the archives of this establishment in London that takes seriously supernatural and paranormal occurrences and basically just takes record of people's dealings with said occurrences. Yes, experiences. And so this guy, his job is just to read these testimonies out loud and he reads them as like an audiobook. So it's like acted. Right. So the guy himself is like a very dry, uh, you know, like he's not some like ghost hunter guy. Right. He's like coming at this from an intellectual perspective. Coming in, yeah. Yes, very skeptical. But then as he reads these testimonies, he becomes the character basically oh, telling yeah. a story. And it's just a series of like 15 minute to 30 minute short horror 
stories that once you're like 20 episodes in, things just become bigger. Yep. And that's all I really want to say right things now. But to... I mean... Things You're like yeah. over a hundred episodes in, right? I just listened to episode 144 today. Yes, <laughs> they're on episode. I think they're uh, they're gonna end it at 200 episodes. They do seasons, wow. sort of. There's actually like season arcs uh, of 40 episodes. So they've done four oh. seasons. They're on wow. the fifth, and they're gonna be closing it out. I am on episode 26 then, yeah, and uh, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. honestly, and then every time the episode ends and I find out that like 90% of the episodes are written and performed by the same guy yeah. and directed oh. by, like this it's is a small Jonathan crew. Sims. Jonathan Sims is like the writer and performer, and then there's a couple other crew members and a yep. director who directs every episode. Yep. Oh my gosh. Who by I the can't way praise it enough. Is Martin. Martin is Alex who directs the episodes. That's Martin? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway. yeah, I highly suggest or I highly uh if you like spooky stuff or yeah. just good short it's stories and good Ooh, it's, it's like top notch. Yeah. It's yeah. one it's of like, the best podcasts it's like, I've found. It feels like what I wish creepypasta did for a lot of people <laughs> in that time. Yeah. I no, loved totally. creepypasta for like a month and then it was like all right this is like yeah i've read all of these and they're kind of eh. this is like yeah yeah it's like the new black mirror no i'm just kidding that's just said too often that's, uh, well, that's why. Uh, yeah i don't know but, but uh, it's, it's a know. fantastic yeah. podcast uh but you clicked on this podcast yeah <laughs> so uh hey maybe we should get into it you're listening to A New Lens. It's a podcast Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, episode by episode. <gasps> and here we are, season two, episode 20, the finale of our second of three seasons, The Crossroads of Destiny. Just, <laughs> I literally just got. I could get the name of that loud. episode tattooed on my chest <laughs> yeah. in big letters, and I would not the be ashamed in the destiny. slightest. Oh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, yeah, like piece of things. visual like <laughs> <Just> media yeah, <laughs> content. Yeah, if I can sit for a Ooh. half an hour and do one thing. This might be what I would choose to do is yeah. watch this episode of TV. Yeah. <laughs> it is genuinely. Oh, my God. But also oh. part of what's so incredible about it is the way it's been built up to this point and how everything culminates. So to just watch this episode. Yeah, this is my Avengers Endgame. <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, ooh, man. Honestly, though, even making that joke, this give gave me the exact same feelings as a child that avengers endgame gave me as oh, like sure an adult but it took them 10 years to do that <laughs> yeah, this took right. two seasons of a tv show of yeah. 20 minute 20 episode seasons yeah. you know like this is masterful storytelling to achieve this level of emotional like oh let's get into it man <laughs> oh shit this episode is the culmination of many different threads Aang and Sokka are coming back to Ba Sing Se to try and find and save Katara. They quickly realize that 
Katara has been captured, but they don't really have many hints as to where to go until an unexpected guest comes to help them. Iroh comes after him and Zuko have gone to give tea to the Earth King. They're ambushed, and Zuko, who tries to have a standoff, is also taken prisoner. Aang, Sokka, Toph, and Iroh work together to try and figure out what's going on here and save everyone that they can. Zuko and Katara have this moment in the sort of crystal jail cell, underground jail cell, and you also have Azula rising to power. She's the big force in this episode that has been slowly building throughout the season to this point. And now she's here in the Earth Kingdom. She has control of the Dai Li. She's intimidating them and basically assumes leadership of the Dai Li from Long Fang and leads this coup. And it all culminates when all of these characters' paths all meet in the crystal caves underneath the palace. And I think that's all I want to say about the course of this episode right now. This must be like an hour, hour and a half long movie you're talking about, right? With 23 minutes. all of this going on. I mean, 23 minutes. I will say, starting this episode, my intensified anger about them combining the guru in this episode. Went back a little bit because from moment one, this episode is just going, going, going. Yes, but my retracted, uh, hmm, yeah. maybe, yeah, uh, was actually more like, I stand by Calvin because <laughs> okay. the first two minutes to three minutes of this episode is a masterful bringing you back up to speed. It, That's a very It good was point. written as if a week has gone by because... All the characters tell each other what's happening, you know? The, because they need to. It they starts need to with them up, picking to Toph speed. up, and they catch Toph up up to speed. Right. And then we go over to Azula, who's doing her thing. Right. Which we were... It was the last thing that was said in the last episode, so we don't need that again, you know? But it's yeah, done right. in a way... It really does feel like it was written to be separated by a week, and according to the trivia, it was only in the U.S. that it was aired... Oh, as okay. an hour-long special, which to me means, like, I don't know. Because doesn't stuff usually air first in Britain and shit, and then we get it, and then... I think so? I don't know for sure. Not Maybe it's different depending sure on the that. thing. Yeah, depending on the but network But I could see well. this being aired first somewhere else, and then the U.S. being like, no, no, we do hour-long season finales. You, you <laughs> yeah, combine those sure. now. You know what I mean? That's just what we do. That's what we do here. The we want to make an a. event out of it so we can make money. I don't know why whenever I am a USA guy, there's a gunshot <laughs> or a, or a <laughs> shotgun noise, noise, was. noise. It was quiet enough that I couldn't quite tell if you were going like, <laughs> like or like, yeah, no, no or it's or like a guy in an action movie being like, welcome to the US. <laughs> <laughs> and that's horrible. I know, but oh man, says something. All right. So the first shot we get is the only one in this whole show, this whole episode that I'm kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you've got this ostrich it's, horse drinking yeah. out of the stream and then it I pans up. I actually noted that, too, because I was thinking, like, is this going to be another one of those with where Calvin's like, man, that first shot. But right. the first shot really doesn't. <laughs> it I almost mean, makes, it's the calm before the storm, really. Yeah, it's giving I you suppose. one moment of, like, 
it's kind of like what the you know like the whole point of the show is is like what's happening during this episode there's yeah. other shit going on yeah like, there's I like lives that. like this uh what what was it again was it an ostrich horse Ostr- uh, yeah i think yep. it was yep you know like this thing has a life that needs to be saved by ang defeating the fire lord at the end of the day because the yep. whole world's gonna be fucking taken yeah, over by the fire nation right. including nature probably like yeah, it seems right. like they don't really give a shit about it so yeah, you know, no, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I do like to think a little bit. I think it's kind of a funny, like, bait and switch of them yes. giving you, like, an opening shot, like most episodes, where it's sort of like an establishing of the. And then you've got Ang and, uh, Ang and Sokka talking. And he's like, What kind of trouble is she in? He's like, I don't know. I just saw that she was in trouble. And then they just see this dust cloud of Toph doing Dude, the most badass thing so you've much. ever seen. And also. She was taken on a cart like a ways away. It was like nighttime. Yeah, they had a day's traveling travel in the cart. Like, how far is she? Hundred miles per hour. And I don't think she's stopped either. I think no. she has just been like going surfing. She's like, Fuck that! I'm these going mounds of earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I wonder what the path behind her looks like, or if she's consciously just like repathing it as she goes. I could see either being a thing because yeah, Top is sure. that good of an earthbender, you know? Right. Do you think? Like, yeah, I wonder because she can't see where she's going and she doesn't see them float down next to her. I mean, obviously, but is she able to do this? Like, shape the earth into these moving waves under each of her feet? And simultaneously feel the vibrations of that earth so far that she can tell what direction she needs to go? Yes. Holy shit, dude. Absolutely. Oh, my God. There's no other explanation for her beamlining it in a perfect this like, like nine year old girl is the most fucking powerful bender on oh, the yeah. planet. Like if she were the avatar. She would already have killed the fire or the fire lord with just one element, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, she, like she would have been like, "Oh, great! It's my destiny. Yep. I'm just gonna earth bend <laughs> I'm just him. Earth bend a rocket. He would. Head. What was he gonna do? You know? I'm just gonna earth bend the entire fire nation underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's no not offense, quite Aang, there because Aang like... is clearly that's that's something I love about Toph is because Aang was like established as that super powered i don't know he just learned everything really quick individual but now we're seeing what like a true prodigy of bending looks like you know? yeah yeah i mean katara is like a true hard worker and that's why she's the master she is sure. ang is naturally gifted but he isn't a prodigy like Toph. you know not quite the main thing i saw i saw someone phrase this online the other day and it's the difference between Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, which I know you haven't seen yet, but the main difference, especially in the characters, is Aang is a natural peacemaker in a time that the world needs a fighter. And in Legend of Korra, Korra is a natural fighter in the in the a time that the world needs a peacemaker. Which is wow. an interesting like turning and they do a lot of good things. I, I have a lot of criticisms as well, but uh Maybe we can talk about that at another time. Um, but they pick up Toph, and we cut away. This There's a lot of cuts back and forth in, in this episode. And it so all flows well, but yes. this one, 
you feel as a podcaster looking for filmmaking elements i yeah. felt the edit in this one a little yes. more than i did in the last one totally but it still was just like all necessary and all well flowed right it was never but there jarring. were a couple moments no there yeah. were just a couple moments where i was like wow i never realized just how much they packed into this episode as i'm trying to write it all down in my notebook right. and v- keep like and you can't watching. really yeah. uh, you have to watch the episode twice yeah. if you're doing it this way because yep. you will miss things you know yep that's um, what i mean but we get back to azula with this array of Dai Li agents in front of her. And she's, she's got a badass general's outfit on now, yeah. too. She is just commanding them. And she's telling them, these anarchists have taken over the city and or have taken control of the Earth King. And soon they will turn and the Earth Nation will turn on the Dai Li. They've turned on Long Feng. You're next. So uh, <laughs> she tr- attempts to intimidate them. Clearly very effectively, she walks by the front row of them and she says, if I sense any disloyalty in you, I will not be afraid to snuff it out. And this guy with the scar on his cheek looks extremely scared, um, one of these Dai Li agents. And he comes back, and I, I have a question for you later, but we'll talk about that then. Um, she ends her speech and goes back to Ty Lee and May. <laughs> Ty Lee's like, that was a great speech. It was beautiful and poetic. Scary, but in a good way. <laughs> it's like, Which I agree with. It, it, yeah. Like, her speeches yeah. all are like, if this, if I was the person being given this speech, I would be not just be intimidated. I would be inspired too. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Which is She's like kind of something that's said later. But it's one of the rare occurrences on like a television show or a movie where something that is called like poetic or something that's called like, wow, that was a good speech. Right. Actually is. You know, usually it's like. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. It's like in Lord of the Rings, the speeches before the battle scenes are actually great, you right. know? Yeah. But then sometimes you watch a show that tries to replicate that. <laughs> right. And yeah. you can just tell that they're trying to replicate that. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't do that for me. It like really works it works but also i hate her (laughs) i'm just like exactly um and may even says like yeah i think you made that one guy pee his pants and i think she's referring to the guy with yeah because he's the one that we see the close the close-up exactly the guy with the scar it feels like azula just like notices his scaredness i don't know yeah we now see iroh and zuko being dropped off at the royal palace and (laughs) Oh, this line from Iroh just saying he's imagined this so many times arriving here at the Royal Palace. But I always thought years ago that it would be as a conqueror. And here I am to serve tea to the Earth King. And uh, destiny is just such a funny thing. And Zuko, he laughs and he just says, yeah, it is. Like, (laughs) oh, oh, they're so connected. In a yeah. way that they've never been before. And we've seen it. Like it felt a little odd. But not necessarily totally out of place. But definitely like. Huh? Like really? When Zuko first emerged from this like. State he was in in the last episode. And we saw them like working together in the shop. But this moment just feels so sweet. Between the two of them. And it's like. At least this season. The last one we get of a moment between the two of them. Mm-hmm. 
that is and in this way. It's like one of those moments that's funny for them, but as an audience, we're like, Destiny is really funny and not in a good way right now. <laughs> you know, because right it's still the line still does ring true, even though he doesn't realize how. Yeah. Oh. Um, we cut over to Aang, Sokka, and Toph on Appa's head as they're flying back in. Toph is holding on to Sokka's arm, which I just thought was sweet. It's not like a a thing. She's just he Sokka's bigger than Aang, you know, like he's more of like a sturdy person. I, even though Sokka's a goofy mess, but like And they've established that Toph has like a little we, bit of we a... we haven't under I, I like to think of it as like she's figuring out if she has a crush on him or it's like a big brother thing or yeah, what. I think so. You know what I mean yeah. by that? But it doesn't feel I weird like in any way. It feels no, sweet. it feels authentic to like the age too. She's twelve, he's like sixteen. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Yeah. Um Sokka asks Aang so did you master the avatar state? And he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that strikes me even more now after just like Jesus right. saying. The know? quick cutaway to, you may never be able to go into the avatar state <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's like yeah. not supposed to be funny, but it was like, <laughs> holy oh my shit. God. <laughs> you bastard, what were you thinking? But at the same time, like, yeah, I think that there's a line later that reinforces some thoughts we had in the last episode about what Aang did. Yeah, but we'll yeah. get to that. Um, is this where we come back to Zuko and Iroh? Oh man, this is one of my favorite moments of the episode. Well, I can't say that because I'll say it too many times if I start now. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great, it's great, a great moment. moment. Uh, I reference this moment a lot in a very specific circumstance, but let's break it down first. So. Basically, Zuko and Iroh are led, are, well, we're just shown that they're sitting in this throne room, yep. but there's no one in there but them. And Iroh's like, what the hell? What's Maybe going on? Maybe the Earth King overslept? <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. He's still optimistic about this. And even yeah. Zuko isn't quite, you know, yeah. like, what the fuck's going on yet? They're both like on this like level of, we hope this is all right. Yeah. And then the in shuffle the Dai Li agents and Zuko immediately knows yep. something's wrong. Yep. And then we hear her voice. Nazula comes in and it's what tea does she time. say? She's, yeah, it's yeah. tea time. Oh man, it just pisses you off just hearing it, you know. Yep. And uh, have you met the Dai Li? Yeah, yeah. I I like what she says about them. Actually, is uh, oh yeah, I didn't the, write that down. I knew you had. The Dai Li, they, they have a sort of killer instinct that's very firebender, which is it's just interesting that this like... It's like one of the first times where something um, outside of like the guru talking to Aang or like the, you know, the connection between things. She's referencing, yeah. you know, one a bender. Spirit in it's, them, it's, in yeah, the it's similar to Iroh referencing the waterbender methods he uses to bend lightning. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Except it's in a completely different way. But I really like that it's a thing you know yeah. what i mean it just feels very it feels a little spiritual almost that she's referencing a spiritual thing about them like maybe these all of the Dai Li agents past lives in their past lives they were firebenders or something yeah. like that too you know i think that way and then we get the greatest thing yeah. ever which iroh have i ever told you how i got the name the dragon of the west Azula, we don't have time for another one of your stories, Uncle, doesn't she? Or something <laughs> yep. like that. It's less of a story 
and more of a demonstration. Ooh, and he drinks this tea. I love this glance that he gives Zuko too. We both, they both yep. just understand what's about to happen. And I don't even think Zuko has seen this go down before. No, but, but he, he knows. knows. And you we've know? seen them work together before, especially yep. in, in battle in a couple circumstances. But I'm reminded of when they were fighting the rough rhinos together. Me too. Yeah. yeah they just have this like chemistry that I love that about this show. Like people communicate through fighting sometimes. Yeah. And him and Zuko in this moment clearly are like at their most in tune with each other. Right. And we just get this epic shot. Like the way they shoot it, the sound design. Yep. Everything about it. Yep. Iroh takes a sip of his tea and puts his hand up to his chin, like in a presentation. Like, yep. I don't even know how to explain it and just breathes fire and he spins and around the whole room zuko and we get dips like behind a close-up of his face and it like in the middle of yeah. the you know like he like does it into the camera and then yep. the camera goes into a wide to see the full spin and it's just yep. it's only like a few seconds but just enough for us to realize the enormity of this power you know what yeah. i mean like yeah now the whole him showing up in the blue spirit episode him showing up when Appa was, you know, all right. that shit. Yep. There's no questioning it anymore. Like, of course he can. Yeah. Of course. Right. And There's so they burst out. And then we just see a lightning blast <laughs> burst the side of this the... wall. Yeah. Effortless. Like this dude is far beyond what we've seen. And even this is like only a little bit, I think. Yep. Even this. And he immediately jumps out and yells up to Zuko to come with him. And... This is just like one of those moments in this episode, one of the first, where you're like, oh, no. no. Zuko decides, no, I'm going to face her. I'm he tired of to running. Fight Azula. Yeah. And it's, I get it's it. It's a moment I of regression, it. but also I get it. Because he, sometimes it's just like, you got to run. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. Iroh gets that in this moment. And Zuko just is overcome with that vengeful nature. And, you know what? Fuck Azula in this moment because this could have been like a cool moment for her to, but she's she's too plotting. She's too smart. You I know also I mean? want to make sure we touch on Iroh's reaction because I think he understands too, but he also understands the intensity of this moment and we have to get the hell out of here. Yeah, he dips. And he just slaps his forehead. He's just like, no, not now. This is not the moment to do that. Yep. Oh, and it's unfortunate. Azula says, what, are you going to challenge me to an Agni Kai? Yes, in fact, I am. I challenge you. And she says, nah. <laughs> she says, I, oh, I forget. She's just like, oh, I don't man. feel like it. Or not right now. Or something like that. Yeah, something like, just like, nah, no thanks. Yeah. And then she just jumps, does a backflip as the Dai Li agents then easily overcome him. Because there are like 10 of them and one of him. And he's never fought a Dai Li agent before other than his one encounter where he sneakied one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, of course, it sucks. And it we does. knew this would happen. He should have known, you know? Anyway. There's something about the quick shot of the hand, the the rock hand, because they shoot it off, and then we get this close-up of the hand moving through the air. There's something about the shape of it that, like, intuitively you already know it's going to Grab. clench onto yes. his feet and hands. Yeah, instead so of it just feels like, like, a, like an alligator's like mouth open, <laughs> yeah, it's going to right. clamp. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, 
and it's just a quick shot but it's very well done it's one of those things that you don't even really notice if you're not paying attention too much but yep oh uh we cut over to the earth king who is just sitting very nonchalant they're Sokka and Aang and Toph are asking him where Katara is. He's like, she's probably off with the Kyoshi Warriors. See, she's if fine. She's any, with Suki. What? If there was any danger, Pasco's animal instincts yeah. would surely sense it. And yeah. Pasco just looks up from a nap like, wait, <laughs> wait huh? What? He's clearly just not being Oh, attention. man. <laughs> well, Zuko is taken. We don't see it, but... He's taken by Azula and the Dai Li and thrown into this same sort of underground cell that we see Katara is in. Katara's walking around this crystal catacomb. Um, I love the names. Room. The crystal yeah. catacombs. It's oh, so cool. Yeah. And then a hole opens up and we just hear someone say, you've got company. And Zuko gets thrown down. And she says, Zuko. And there's a little bit of like comfort at the familiarity yeah. of a of yes. a face she this knows beautifully voice acted but may whitman her face awesome. realizes who it is and but yeah may whitman oof there's something about the way she says it yeah like the zuko like she i recognize that guy yeah wait shit I'm, i hate that guy you <laughs> yeah, know right because naturally katara doesn't feel those feelings she doesn't yes. feel fuck that guy but this is that one guy you know what yep. i mean like yep and she basically, like, I think we just, this is only the first of a few scenes with them. But in this first scene, don't no. we see her throw off a couple, like, <laughs> what are you What are you here? You're just going to get Aang or something like that? Or is right. that in a later scene she starts saying uh, that? I think right away she starts spewing off this some is, hate. This is all we get at this point. But I'm pretty sure when we cut back, it's the same thing. I want to uh, dig a little deeper into one little thing, though. When she saw Jet... She immediately just attacks. She sees him. She doesn't say anything. She just blasts Jet with water the minute that she sees him. When she sees Zuko, she's like, Zuko, I don't know why. She has no experience with him. There is something to say about Jet having been someone that she not only was like trusting on like a team level. Right. She's like kind of into him. Yeah, and I, I think, think so there's too. like a shame in that. So yeah, she was attacking hurt. him in like a yeah. shameful, like you know, I never attacked him when I had the chance to. Where Zuko is almost like a he's, he's a almost like too big. F- he's yeah, like of... he's almost too big for her to like even think about attacking right now. Like yeah. this is a like I don't think she realizes that she has the opportunity to take down this entity she has been as- trying to run away from for so long. Yeah, because of how like. You know, separate from it'd be like if I walked into a room and Brad Pitt was in there and he was like, Hey, I'll do a 20 minute interview with you. I'd sit that, sit there for 20 minutes in silence, yeah. you know? And I'd be like, Fuck, sure. I just wasted that sure. 20 minutes. That's what I think this is kind of like for her, except yeah. in a, a bad way. You know? Right. Well, we cut back to Ang, Sokka, and Toph who arrived back to their home in Bossing Say. And <clears throat> they walk been, in. Uh, refurbished. I like that yeah. they. We see that that hole she blew in the side of the wall also, is already being like rebuilt. Momo flies up and he's like, Momo. So he left Momo there when he went to go to train with the guru, right? Because otherwise, there why would he be moment, surprised? 
There was a moment when Momo was with someone and then Momo flew away in the last episode. I think I he stayed what... with Katara. Yeah, and then he... F- yeah, because remember he dove on the chess pieces. Or yep, the... yep. But then... So they did track that correctly. It was when Katara sees Zuko and is like, Zuko! Then Momo like flew away. Right. And Katara yes. went to go warn. Yes, totally. So Momo got away from all that. Right. And that's why Momo is now able to come back. Yeah. Um, well, they say no one's here. Toph senses that no one else is here, but then she also senses, hey, there's someone at the door, and I recognize them. It's an old friend. And they open the door, and there's Iroh. I need your help. Oh, I love that moment of him running in. And that's like uh, one of those commercial break cuts that we talked about earlier in this podcast Mm -hmm. being like really really well done on the show like nowadays tv shows are kind of built like nine hour movies yep because they're made for a streaming platform yep and there is something just appealing about a well-made like commercial break yes. and a well-made cliffhanger for a week-long break right and this show does all that shit so 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 well. well yeah this is one of them i need your help commercial break i'd be yep. like what iroh is in the fu- he's yeah. what he is Going to the Avatar for help. By the way, this pretty much, to me, signifies that he's known since they've been in Ba Sing Se exactly where the Avatar is. (laughs) Yes, I think And exactly, like, what's going on. And just knowing that so that if Zuko ends up finding out, he can be there to, like, stop Zuko. Right. You know what I mean? I think so, yeah. He saw Appa fly over them while they were on their way to Bossing Say. I'm sure as soon as he saw that, he was like, I better find out where the Avatar is. And one night, snuck out and just fucking figured it out because he's the dragon of the motherfucking West. Yeah. There's no more questioning yep. his abilities anymore now that he has literally breathed fire at me, you know, right. into the camera. Yeah. I now will not question him. Yep. Um, we come back from the commercial break, and the first thing is, I mean, Sokka and Aang are like, yo, what? And I love this sweet moment of Iroh asks Toph, may I come in? It's a, such a mm. little thing, but I just love it. And she just smiles and nods to him. And Toph is such a such an accurate reader of people because she can tell when they're lying. I think she has a very good sense for people. And I think we know that. And I think the gang knows that. They know which that. Yes. Lends, lends some credibility it is to letting Iroh. It is perfect way yeah. to have... The fact, not just this moment, but the fact that they had met earlier. All of this has been constructed so perfectly for this to not feel like a weird, Yep. what, character redemption? You know, like, why? No, this isn't character redemption at all. This is a moment of character understanding and, like, opening. It's literally the crossroads of destiny. Yeah. And they are understanding that, (laughs) you know? He gives so. context to the gang that Azula is here and she's like basically pulling the strings on all this shit. And so they say she must have captured Katara and Iroh says they cap- they captured my nephew as well and we need to work together. And Sokka is basically like, you guys lost me at Zuko. Yep. And this is a beautiful moment for me. It makes me like one, it makes a single tear drop. Yeah. Aang says... 
Sokka, you got to understand, like, the only way, like, things are... These, I, All of Ba Sing Se is yes. in trouble. But before he says that, we do, get, we, we do get the quick moment of Iroh saying, I know how you must feel. Like, I get it. He understands completely. I know how you must feel, but there is good inside him. And Sokka just says, well, I'd like to wait until the good is on the outside of him, too. Um, which which I understand. Valid. Yeah. And then Aang talks to him and says, all of Ba Sing Se is in trouble. Katara is in trouble. We need to work together. This is the only way to do it. And, and then Sokka just kind of... Mm, yep. He just like... He just nods. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Like a simple... And it's... I don't know why. It's just like... This is Sokka's character. This doesn't feel like he's giving in to... You know, this feels so right to his character of like understanding the smarter route which might not necessarily be his emotionally like favorite thing to do you know yeah, what i mean totally he he so often has to deal with shit to get shit done and <laughs> yep. this is kind of that you yep. know iroh says i've brought someone actually to help us and we walk outside and there's this tied up daily agent and not for a moment are we like wait how did that happen it's just like yeah iroh iroh got him <laughs> <laughs> exactly and this is the same scar, uh, uh, scarred Dai Li agent that was super intimidated and unsure about Azula in the beginning. And he tells them about the crystal catacombs and everything. <laughs> he doesn't just tell them. <laughs> he, they're like, well, let's see if he has anything to say. Yep. And they uncover Take his it. mouth and he just spills the beans. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like... <laughs> And we know why, because it's the dude yeah. with the scar. But still, it's so funny to me. Okay. Azula is overthrowing the Earth King and trying to... Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, immediately. He just blurts it all out. Here's my question that I uh, yes. alluded to before. Do you think that this guy was a weakness already, and that's why Azula stopped specifically and looked at him to try and intimidate him, because she could sense that he was unsure, and that's why he goes here? Or do you think her targeting him made him less sure and therefore disillusioned him from everything and made him more willing to spill the beans? You know what I mean? I think what's so cool about this show and that question is it really is all a matter of perspective. Yep. Because Azula, no matter what, knows that she found the weakness and that is why that this went down. Yeah. And from this guy's perspective, he probably would have been, remained loyal to the to the leader of the Dai Li right. if they hadn't been someone who had singled him out. Yep. And from our perspective, we know that this is just kind of destiny shit. You Crossroads. know what I mean by that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, no. it's very cool. It makes but a lot I, of sense. I love the question more than I want to answer it. Yeah, no, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. It's incredibly well-structured, the use of... Even just little characters like this. Um, and then we get... Uh, Long Feng. Kind of, <laughs> yes, alluding to that, that question makes this moment even yes. better too. We see Long Feng uh, get some updates on Azula. And it's such a funny moment because it's, it's basically like if 
you if you were like a teacher and you had a substitute for like a couple of weeks and they gave you yeah. one of your students gave you an update and they're like man she is like such a good teacher like she is doing all this right. and all we all have like a's now yeah. and you're just like wait and then we see his face and he's like yeah shit what's happening here yeah, yeah like it's clear that he knows that this isn't all great like it was to him a great idea but yeah now he's starting to i think in this moment he's starting to realize that he's part of a bigger game than he thought totally we cut over to zuko and katara in the catacombs and katara's blurting off at him and she's saying i bet this is a trap isn't it it's always a trap with you and he just gives her this look he doesn't even say anything he just gives her this kind of just sad look Oh, and she starts spouting out, spouting off about how he is a terrible person. And he says, you don't know me at all. She says, I don't know. I or What he says is, you don't know anything about it. And she says, I don't know. I, they, I know exactly what the Fire Nation does, what your people do, what you represent. Your people took my mother away from me. And she reveals this to him. I think she's sort of just in an emotional state. But I think it's also bubbling up and just sort of overflowing. And he takes it with grace. He says, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I guess that's something that we have in common. And she looks uh, up at this him. This moment makes me so oh. emotional, man. Like... The, these yeah. two connecting the two characters that like it's and it's such an obvious connection too you know right. what i mean the fact that it's being vocalized between them mm -hmm. i don't know there's something about it that's just ugh, they've both hard. lost their mothers to the corruption of the fire nation in very different ways but it's so interesting how this this little moment brings them together um mm -hmm. Not like completely, they're not about to be best friends now, but like there's a but connection. There's a clear where she thought there was no connection. The yes, there is something is it that wall is shattered now. I think there also the way there. he handles it, he's vulnerable yeah. with her and he says, I'm sorry. Like he mm -hmm. handles that with grace. He is a bit of a changed person, but I think his experience with Azula has shook him a little bit and then we we see more once we get back to it but we get over to uh this little group of people outside the palace where Toph is feeling below and she says huh there is like a hidden city down there basically it's such deep. a cool concept yeah um like i like to imagine you know, earthbenders mining down there like dwarves and Lord of the Rings and yeah, stuff, you know, totally. but now they're, you know, it's been so long since they've done that. Right. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a cool idea of like the old, the olden days of earthbending because mm -hmm. it's this ancient city, you know? Yep. She starts this big hole uh, headed downwards and Sokka with his sort of administrative mind that he kicks into gear every now and then says, I think we need to split. You go with Iroh to go find the angry jerk. No offense. Iroh says, none taken. <laughs> he like gets it. He's you know? like, yeah, you definitely are warranted to feel that way. And Sokka says, we'll go and try and warn the Earth King about the coup. Ugh. 
and we immediately follow Iroh and Aang as Aang is continuing to tunnel down. And here we get to another of many moments of Avatar The Last Airbender that I think of therapeutically oh, outside yeah? of the is context of the show. Yeah. Oh, Aang the, yep, walking yep. through the tunnel asking Iroh for advice. Mm-hmm. Even though it seems like otherworldly, extra planar shit, some universal stuff. Yep. I love the line that starts it off where Aang says, Toft said that you give pretty good advice. And he says, yeah, I also make great tea. The key to both <laughs> is proper aging. I, I do love that. love that. I love that. I really do. That's such, And it's so true, too. Like, It takes years to gain wisdom. There's mm-hmm. a difference between wisdom and intelligence, and it's it's outlined pretty well with Iroh having much of both, but being such a wise person, but still being able to be so like goofy and like yeah, you know what I mean, totally. Um, and I love that he doesn't really have an answer for him totally. Yeah, no, that's the and him. that's what yeah. I have found comfort in in this because this is something that sometimes you need to hear yeah. and. So the first thing that Aang asks him about, asks him about is he like recently met a guru who was trying to help him control the avatar state, but he <laughs> you know, chose your basic stuff. You know, yeah. And, and <laughs> as he's saying it too, it's like that. It he's does, like, yeah. so I was uh, meeting with this guru who was trying to help me control the avatar state, and it's yeah. very nonchalant, just like the way he's talking to Iro about it. Yep. Iro takes it nonchalantly because mm-hmm. you know. Iroh clearly has some connections with all this shit, too. So he probably has had conversations like this, you know? Iroh is clearly, like, has realized that the Avatar is the solution to the strife in the world. I, absolutely. And it's clear in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also clear that Iroh's wisdom is that of a worldview, not that of, like, where the Guru's wisdom was very specific. Right. It's in this moment, Iros tells Aang, because Aang's basically like, I ended up leaving this guru to save Katara, Mm -hmm. and I might not be able to have this great power now. And Iros says, perfection and power are overrated. I think you were very wise to choose love. And I think about that line so much. And it actually came up in... Uh, Blue Jay, which is what I referenced oh, as really? the thing I watched. Yeah. Mark Duplass has a line where he says, or maybe it might be in Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, okay. which are very similar movies. Yeah. Either way, the line is what's important. Mm-hmm. The line was uh, someone saying, like, I'm worried that, you know, I do want to find love, but I'm always worried that I'll spend too much time on that and not be able to do something great. And that's like doing something great seems like a bigger achievement than just finding love. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I think that is a battle that a lot of people have internally is like deciding whether they live a life of peace and prosperity is like, or peace and what there was a line from earlier in the season that Iroh said there's beauty in just like uh, poverty in in a simple life. Yeah. Yeah, and and then or choosing to embark on some like personal quest of greatness. Right. And I think this line always find gives me comfort in the solace of having loved ones in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then that goes into a completely bigger thing where then Iroh says, 
Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. Sometimes you can't see the end, but you just but if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. Yep. And as he's saying it, they tunnel through to a glowing crystal beautiful catacombs. Yeah, like these pools. And I think it's about that fucking chamber. all the time, man. Yeah. No, I think I totally... about how I mean in like real life that's called radical acceptance, yeah. you know, you sometimes you just have to know like this is life and I'm going to keep just one keep foot moving. after the other. And but this point, outlined yeah. so beautifully and clearly on a show that an eight-year-old could watch and understand yes. just makes me so happy. I yes. just, I am so happy the show exists. It's such you know? beautiful programming for young people to consume. It's an introduction to so many things in life and in media, you know, like yeah. just good storytelling. Oh, what we get after this beautiful moment is this montage of the coup basically i forgot how like almost freaky this montage is they use these chain like handcuff things that we've talked about uh when they first took long fang away but they have a lot of them like they all have them and it's clear that. that they aren't even like you know, every time we've seen the Dai Li up to this point, they've been methodical and used, like, one guy to take out one person. Right. You know, two quick... Yep. You know? But this is, like, they know that the people they're trying to take down are, like, the best earthbenders in the city. Right. So it's, like, 15 Dai Li randomly throwing these fucking handcuffs all over these dudes. And... It's just like clear they're just trying anything they can. And sometimes that works. If you have enough, this is a little foreshadowing for the end of the episode that there is power in numbers, even if those numbers aren't like, yeah, these dudes are the best earthbenders in the city, but fuck, the Dai Li is the Dai Li. Yes. If you have control of the Dai Li, you have control of Ba Sing Se. Yep. It's emulated exactly well here. Yep. You know? Saka and Toph see this first one, the, them taking General Howe, and Saka says, oh my god, the coup is happening right now. Uh, we get those four other generals, at the, these like uh, handcuff chain link things come up from one. Oh, that one really gets me. <laughs> uh, un, uh, two others are taken from above in the meeting room, sort of the, what would you call that, the the action room the like the war the war planning, planning. Room. yeah um <laughs> so Sokka and Toph race in to try and talk to the earth king and Tai Lee and Mei are there with the earth king in their fake Kyoshi warrior get up i mean it's the real stuff but they're fake and um i love i love how Sokka doesn't notice at first yeah <laughs> Ty Lee does her, like, flip over to Sokka and, like, flirts with him, which she's done, I think, every time they've been around each other before. And we actually touched on it in the drill when we were like, what the hell, Sokka? Because he's kind of a little charmed when she's like, and his friends. And we were like, but you just connected with Suki. And here we get it. Yeah, he's like... I'm actually kind of involved with Suki, which is such like a cordial thing to to say in this moment to like your bitter enemy. But she is flirting with him too. So I like to think that he doesn't realize that 
I think he thinks she's just another Kiyoshi warrior flirting with him right now. And he hasn't gotten it yet. And he's like, you know, letting her know, like, you know, Suki, like the leader of you guys, yeah. I'm actually kind of involved with that her. That so makes probably a shouldn't... lot of sense. <laughs> and that just is like why Toph has to kind of intervene and actually shoot Suki, or right. not Suki, uh, shoot Tai Lee off with this. Yep dope ass earthbending move may tries to shoot and some of those blades at her and she just has this like rotating disc of rock come up in front of her to block i love her. it when she does that that's one of my favorite so top moves oh, she yeah. did it in the last episode or in the earth king episode on their way in yeah just like a bunch of rotating rocks and then her line she just yells they're not the real kiyoshi warriors yeah i don't know why but it just kind of there's a lot of lines like that in this episode where someone states a thing that we as an audience know, but mm-hmm. them stating it is just such a, oh, yes, you know yeah, now. Right. You know? Yes, totally. I love uh, Sokka dodging Ty Lee as she's trying to chi block him. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and are she's we just dancing? Like, yeah, it feels like we're dancing. Um, and then we cut quick, hard cut to the Earth King being held by Azula with just like a little fire blade coming out of her front two fingers at his neck. And she says, this fight is over. Oh, and then Momo, <laughs> the Dai Li come in and Momo's flying around and they shoot two of the hands oh, off at yeah, Momo. they even get just him. enveloped in like a little right. circle. Right. <laughs> um, very, a, a good little, you know, they sneak in those goofy moments throughout here and it, it, does, it never feels like, get on with it. It, it, it works. I, I like the, mm-hmm. the little moments. But uh, Long Fang comes in with the rest of the Dai Li and he says, now's the part where I double cross you. <laughs> and it's like, ooh. And he says, arrest her. And they don't move. And she's like, Azula says, they're waiting to see how this will end. They, uh, you know, they can tell that <laughs> there's some power shifting going on here. And this is like the root of, ooh, like the evil of Azula. And she's yep. saying, you were born with nothing. So you've had to scramble and fight to make your way to the top. But true power, divine power, is something that you were born with. So she believes that she was born superior to everybody. So her scramble for power is not just like she desires power. She truly thinks she deserves power. And I think she has orchestrated a lot to be able to be the person in power in the world. Like she is set to fucking succeed her insane, evil, powerful Fire Lord father. Her brother's banished. There's no other heir like... She's going to be it. I think it's just now starting to sink in that the reason why Aang defeating the Fire Lord isn't so assen- is so essential isn't just because the Fire Lord is so evil, but because of what this means too. Right. Like his successor is maybe even worse, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Oof. And Long Feng gives up. He says, you've beaten me at my own game. And she just adds insult to injury, just saying, you were never even a player. Oh, Oh, damn. Twists the knife. We now cut back to Katara and Zuko. 
And she says, for so long, your face has been the face of my enemy. And Zuko says, yeah, my face. And he touches his scar, which, ah, it's just so, it's such a potent tool. We've talked about it a lot. But using this thing that is permanently on his face as what he holds with him and what he represents, it's so smart. Um, He says... I didn't write the exact quote down, but he says something along the lines of that he used to think this scar was a a tag on him, basically, a, a, a representation of what he carries, but he or, or what his destiny is. But now he is finally coming around to thinking you choose your own destiny. And Katara brings up, maybe you don't have to just accept that this is a part of you. I could heal you. I have healing powers with my water. And he says, I I mean, it's a scar. You can't heal that with water. And she says, I have water from the spirit oasis at the North, from the North pole, which we remember she got at the end of season one. So it's like grand scale, little details coming together. So, and it just feels so like, this is such a drastic shift. From how she was just speaking to him, you know, probably in the context of them, maybe an hour ago, 20 minutes, half hour ago, whatever, when he first showed up. Yeah. And it still feels so right. Her character is that understanding. And as soon as he said what he said about his mother, and as soon as he is explaining, started, as soon as he started explaining himself Mm -hmm. and how he feels about himself... She is like the most understanding and forgiving person on the show, probably. Of course, she would like go to the one like this is like their get out of jail ticket. You know, this feels epic when it's received by the uh, by her uh, waterbending master. You know, when she gets it, it felt like this big deal. And she's so willing to give it up for a person that basically she has hated up until this exact moment. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's a moment that doesn't even need to be in the episode two when you think about like, and I don't mean that in like it doesn't need to be because it, it does to be as great as it is. Right. But if it wasn't, it would still work as an episode. Yes, you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. But also... The fact that we have this emotional like, oh, The investment in to that. It. But I do not think it is insignificant that this moment is cut off in the worst possible way at the worst possible moment. Can you imagine how much would be different in the way all of this plays out if five more minutes had gone by before Aang and Iroh burst in and she was able to heal his scar and if it worked and she healed his face can you imagine how differently all of this would play out? And even as you say that, I'm starting to realize that that's 100% why it couldn't go down like that. Because that wasn't the thing that he needed to find himself truly. Yes. He needed to find himself In, on his spiritually, own. Spiritually. With a real, yes. you know, looking into himself, not looking in a mirror and deciding this is right now. So now I can be good. But looking in the mirror, not thinking anything. Because that's something the show has done, as you've said, really well. But also that it's done, like, a really good job of, like, 
making it clear that that's not a good way to view himself. Yes, absolutely. You know, looking at his scar as the you know the embodiment of the fire nation right he's already been shown we've been shown so many people with scars yes that the fire nation bato of the water tribe mm-hmm. uh song yep i think that was her yep. name right yep. um it's just clear that he has decided that this means i'm an yes. evil person you know what i mean yep. it's a decision he's made so it's almost like yeah but also I'm glad. Ah, it's it so is. weird. It's the crossroads of destiny, yes. man. <laughs> if Zuko were to have the opening of his chakras with Guru Patik, the lies he tells himself, that's what would come up when he was opening that chakra, wow. the, the fifth one in the throat. You're right. Yeah. Uh, oof. Well, Aang and Iroh do burst in, and I partially say it's the worst possible way because... They're having this moment of connection, and here's Aang, who, mm, him and Zuko, mm, not not on great terms. <laughs> if you, Ooh. if you, uh, also if you right before this amazing moment or amazing like crashing of a moment, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this is the first time we've seen some Zuko let someone touch his face. Yes. Yep. I didn't say that, but I wrote it down. So I'm sorry that I butted that in there, but I looked down and saw that and I was like, I need to mention no, that. No, I, I think it's Katara a good Katara touched Zuko's scar and he like Allows didn't her. flinch yeah, back. Right. He like fully let her. Yep. I think that's a really important thing to note. They this is a there is a connection between them that is now like unbreakable. You know what yep. I mean by that? There's yes. something special there. But Iroh rushes in and hugs Zuko. Aang rushes in and hugs Katara and they they're separated now and they Zuko and Aang make this eye contact they're both <laughs> I just love this. give each other this look ooh this scathing look and i think that's we, we cut to commercial break there which is a, another good moment another great commercial break like what the fuck's going to um, happen now we come back you know? and he's like what are you what what are you doing with the avatar and Aang's like saving you which is like good point don't complain and basically, Iroh says, you two go, save your friends, we'll catch up to you. It's time we've talked. Yes. You need to ask yourself, uh, why? You're not the man that you used to be. You are wiser and freer than you have ever been. You are right now at the crossroads of your destiny. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think in a lot of instances when a thing is name dropped in the thing, yep. I love that anyway. Yep. Or every now and then hate it. Yeah, every now and then <laughs> it's like, okay. But this is not that. This is me realizing this whole episode has been about their their destinies crossing, right? right. No. This episode is about the crossroads of Zuko's destiny. Yes, it is. Specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're seeing how that culminates for everyone else. But, I mean, it's clear based on what you just said about Katara's decision. This whole episode is basically about Zuko, you know? Yep. And the, the decisions he is making. Yep. It is the crossroads of his destiny. It's time for you to choose your path. And it is time for you to choose good. 
ooh, it's so potent. And right at that moment, this line of crystals shapes up in a line towards him and just envelops Iroh. And here's Azula with a few Dai Li agents. And um, does she accuse him of being a traitor or? She accuses Iroh of being a traitor. Yes. Yes. Um, right? Yes. She accuses Iroh of being a traitor. And he says, Zuko says he's he, he's not a traitor. And Azula offers him redemption. And Iroh warns that what she is offering is not the kind of redemption that you need. But Azula's offering him to come with her and help her. And the only way that they'll win is together. And... Iroh, it's it's this real-time playing out of this dream Zuko had of Azula and Iroh, these forces in his life pulling him Isn't in separate it crazy? ways. It's like we've we were foreshadowed this and now it's literally happening to him. Yep. So while he did go through a metamorphosis in his mind. He still hasn't actually dealt with the real life things yes. that he's battling right. with. And the way that Mako delivers this line as Iroh is just expert to me. Because he has scolded him. He has been hard with him. He has shaken him with force to wake him up and say, look at yourself. Look at who you are, the decisions you make. Think about these big pictures. And he's seen it change Zuko's mind. He's seen him change and develop and grow as a person. And so now there's something that we learned, certain type of technique that we learned in acting school where you can sort of speak from different places. You know, you can sort of have something coming out of the top of your head. Or you can speak from the gut. Or you can speak from the back of your back. And this is him speaking from his heart i am begging you look into your heart oh it's just he's he's calling out to the person he has finally connected with it's not an uncle scolding a nephew or trying to guide him this is a person reaching out to another person he connects with and just says i'm begging you please look into yourself Oh, and it ends with these booms, these like gongs, these doo, 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 of one profile of Zuko's face with no scar, the other profile of his face with the scar, the head on his face, the duality of this character, the decision that he's facing, and his struggle on his face. Oof. Katara and Aang are now racing through this larger chamber that we saw uh, Aang and Iroh enter, and this burst of fire comes out, and here is Azula. Katara immediately just busts out these big old waves. I love how she just turns around and does not give a fuck. She is ready to fight. There's sort of a crash of Azula making this blast against her water and a big plume of smoke comes out. And we're like, where oh, is I she? I love this. And then it's like up and to the technique. right, she just flies out of the smoke. Ooh, I love that shot so much. Um, and then from, we then cut to behind her, shooting two fire blasts down at them. And yep. it's just the way that this is all edited together and the way I'm like thinking about it 
remembering this as like this must have been like a 25 minute long fight scene right yeah but no this episode is less time than that so it's just amazing how i can remember all these details and we get such a great like representation of why now so like the last time we saw ang and katara kind of versus azula Mm -hmm. they were tired as fuck yeah and now they're not yeah and ang is much better at earthbending than he was he earthbends something that she's standing on and azula stumbles and when she lands we get this close-up of her face with like her hand in front of her face like as she faces off against the two of them they're about to have this definite win like we're like okay yep ang and katara versus azula we're good got it and then a fire blast (laughs) comes out of nowhere zuko lands and in our heads we're thinking okay Okay. are we about to like this is a shoe in like is he about to join the gang is he about to and then just a single blast oh, is all Aang. it takes Oof. at Aang. And honestly, dude, that one fire blast, my heart breaks every time. Oh, and God. then he made um, his decision. I thought you changed. I have changed. Yep. That might have been later, but still, like it's the fact that later, we but... think that. And then the shot, though, of this him shot just of him firing just... the blast. Like he blasts like four of them. And this is like some of the most angry and intense firebending we've seen from him yet. And we don't even feel it at all actually being directed at Aang. This feels like something else, which we might not even understand yet. Right. Part of his internal struggle, I think he is innately subconsciously angry with himself making this decision. But I think more than anything, his adrenaline is just pumping. Through the roof. He is just making a decision and running with it and he's just like (laughs) so sad to watch too because it's the wrong decision yep and it lead but it leads to a right fight because this fight's fucking dope oh yeah we get a quick uh away from it though at Sokka, the Earth King, and Toph captured in, in this metal jail cell. And they're just like, anyone else there? Sokka's like, nope, all clear. He steps aside. Toph just whack, metal bends this door, <laughs> crashes it through. Dude, they just walk out. The show <laughs> does a good job with everyone showing how they progress in their bending. Yeah. Toph has just invented a new style of bending. Yep. And is already at, like, master level with it. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, she went from, like, having a lot of trouble. Not master level, but you know what I mean? Like, she went from having a lot of trouble punching the door off of something. yeah. To now she... To now that door is paper. (laughs) Yep. Like... We can't leave without Bosco. (laughs) Sorry. I I love that. I love it. Um... Oh... Oh, I love this moment so much. We get back to this whole fight is just the coolest bending that we've seen in the in the show so far, hands down, without a doubt. This is Aang, the part where I wrote this fight in all caps. Aang is standing and he he shoves an air blast at Zuko, but he does it with his whole body and just his body made out of air. His just body yes races past right at him oh my god and then he's just dodging zuko's fire blasts jumping airbending like floating from spot to spot up in there 
Oh, and then Zuko combats uh, that with these fire whips, these long tendrils of fire that he conjures up and swirls around and starts this is where reaching out ang says i thought you changed and he yells i have changed with the whips in his hand it's like menacing as fuck uh we've got azula and katara facing off katara sends a huge wave at her azula dodges also throughout this is a point when i noticed and i wrote down there's like a very very different version of the fire nation theme going on here there's in the background some form of like it's like oh cool and it's like fight like momentum in it and ooh, it's like the boss level music yeah totally um ang just lands in this big earth crater coming back down katara makes this like water suit around her this water forms around her body and you can tell that this isn't just like water this is like an effort that she is using to make this water like like a dense like she's a i don't know there's something about it like if you get if you touch it you're sucked in you know there's something special about it it's like a gelatinous cube yep and she attaches to you see fear on Azula's eyes, yeah. and it's so fucking satisfying oh, yeah. in this moment. Yep. She grabs an arm, and then she grabs a leg, yep. and she lifts Azula off the ground. And honestly, in my head, every time, I just think, rip her apart. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's horrible, and it's like the horror movie fanatic in me. But, like, come on. This, this bitch thinks of divine power is it and you know like she needs to go she's got to go got to go but anyway uh the trivia actually pointed out to me that the move that zuko uses to split this move that katara is using is the fire bending move in the opening credit sequence yeah the jump spin kick right that creates a uh sonic the hedgehog type <laughs> yeah totally that's when azula does it. it's blue so yeah and it's awesome because it's like she had her but zuko yep used his timing and switched now we switch who's fighting who and it's right. just it's done so well Ooh. how this and then sets up yeah you know? absolutely and then this standoff now we've got azula and ang and azula charges up these like jet engines these like fire jet engines behind her you know these huge and ang to prepare forms this crystal suit of armor around himself and just so races at him but azula wins out because i think these crystals they're hard but they're not earth you know they're they're yeah and i think this is one of those moments where we're seeing the difference between the two characters in the moment that they would unite the moment where both of them would punch each other. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens. Right. A brief moment before that Azula knows that that's what Ang thinks is going to happen. So right. she attacks. Yeah. Ang totally sees it coming, but he just takes it. Yep. You know, it's like, that's their characters in a nutshell yeah. right there. You know, him taking that hit, her delivering that hit in kind of a cheap shot way and then 
him being blown back. And is this where we cut to the <laughs> yeah. brilliantly funny yes. and well-timed, another well-timed funny moment? Yep. We see Ty Lee uh, walking on her hands <laughs> She's trying, trying to, to Bosco teach Bosco. To it's easy. You just walk, but on your hands. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> earth. to earth. Yep. Just like forms around her encompasses hands. her yeah and then her feet fall and yep. and bosco just Toss just like, like he's nice like trick i'm i'm pretty sure bosco is concerned that's about to happen to him yeah. you know he's like wait <laughs> and then they run in like they're about to battle yeah they're just like we're gonna fight now and may's yeah. just just take the bear yeah. <laughs> so i love good. that line delivery it's so good <laughs> Ooh, and then we get back and uh, Katara gets uh, a blast. It's a little bit dispersed, but she gets uh, blasted uh, a little bit with fire here. Aang has this huge jump and then this <sighs> landing into this crater again and then lifting just like Toph from before this like surfing But I, I like to point out how <laughs> this is like clearly a big, big move for Aang. And it yeah, feels big right. to everyone else too, yes, right? totally. Toph was doing one crate, like one of each of these on each of her feet, right. like three times the size of yeah. this and running with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, just saying. Yep. I'm not taken <laughs> no, away no, no. from this move yeah. that Aang is doing, but that it emulates just how fucking powerful Toph is. Yep. And he starts charging at them, and, Zu- and Zuko and Azula get battle ready, and they. Like I said, it's clearly a big move. Like they're like, okay, get ready for this. Yep. And then it explodes from under him. Yep. And we realize hearts sinking. Of course. She still the has the Dai The fucking Dai Li. They the ruined change. this. The, it's it's brilliant. Because yeah. I it's like in any other show or movie, some for some reason they just wouldn't show up for that last battle. Yep. But they are pawns. They are players in this game. Yep. And, of course, we are outnumbered, you know? And what Katara does to prepare for this is a move we've seen her learn and prepare before. We see the octopus. So awesome. Ooh, and it's huge. She forms this ring of water around her and just... All these arms reach out from uh, the the top of it, and she just gets ready to just fucking fight. But and you you know she's gonna take she could take who knows how many of these guys yep. down. Like it's clear she's ready. And Ang just says to himself, he's looking around, and we have this wide shot of all these Dai Li agents, who every single one of them are like expert level fighters. And Ang says to himself, it's too many. And the voice of Guru Patik comes into his voice, or comes into his head, and just says, the only way is to let go. And he just turns around. I'm sorry, Katara. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Creates this little crystal hut around himself and gives him the chance. But this crystal hut, I'd like to say, feels denser than his armor did. It does. This feels like, don't fuck with it. Right. You know, like, no chance. You know. He gives himself the opportunity to meditate and really let it all go. Connect with the cosmic. Let his final uh, chakra open. Connect with the the avatar state. And we get transported back to this big spectral Ang floating in space in this winding and it pathway. it kind of happens quicker. Yeah, it like, does. Like, we see... 
Like because he, he almost he, did it before. He's yeah. Had, like it's like clear that he's close. Right. And now he can just make that connection. Yep. He figured out how to do it quicker. It's it's cool how they did that. We see his arrows start to glow. We see the glow from the outside, and everybody on the outside's kind of like, "Oh shit, what's it, what? What does that mean?" <laughs> and then his eyes in that low angle, his head, his chin pointed down. This low angle sort of makes his eyebrows look angry, but it it's more just intense, you know. And yes. his eyes just open these glowing eyes and it's like it's like a siberian husky yeah you know it's not anger it's intensity totally and the music swells in and it's this grand yep the sort of these strings and the voices and the look on katara's face as he breaks open the top of this hut and starts floating up through it and she's so happy that he has made something of his training he mastered it yep and he's this is a note in the trivia i noticed as well Mm -hmm. he's just in the avatar state yep he's not bending anything right he's not yes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he is simply in that state so that's like i don't know it's just like some He's clearly in control. He's not just acting and reacting by bending. He's in control of it, floating up. And you think, man, think how scared they would be watching this happen. The Avatar going into the Avatar state, like, you're all boned. But he's rising slowly. It makes sense that this happens, but fuck, does it just crush you. This lightning surrounds Aang and you can tell he has been struck and we see Azula's fingers her smoking fingers oh the shot of her fingers and then like the way it focuses on her face yep. kind of, like just yep. that shot dude is the fuck you shot like yeah. that is the final I want I want this character to have a horrible ending in some yes. way now you know what I mean and I'm not sure, as a kid, I quite realized the magnitude of, he's dead, right? Yeah, she kills him, she I think. She kills Aang. Like, to the same level of a character on, like, Lost, drowning, right. and then having to be resuscitated. That is death. That is, yeah. like, Aang, medically considered dead. He falls and we get this spectral i mean we know that if he dies in the avatar state the whole link of the avatar will be broken and the reborn the rebirth cycle will be broken and his large spectral avatar self fades away and he just or it falls it turns and falls down and he falls and then we cut back to him falling in real life, like a comet back to Earth, this shot. Oh, and Katara's face fucking crushes me. A tear, the tears well up in her face, oh. and she just cons- gathers herself for a split second yep. and washes over all, this, all these guys. Like, she just, the power she musters in this moment is like, the power of an avatar you know what i mean this is full like 
Koizilla from that episode. <laughs> yeah. She oh, like absolutely. floats over everyone, washing them all away for a second long enough to be able to then pick Aang up. And we get a freaking Mother Mary yeah. holding Jesus La Pieta, shot. Uh, the famous you know? sculpture of Virgin Mary holding a, a murdered Jesus. And we get Katara just crushed, holding Devastated. the, the yeah, limp it's... body of Aang. And that's how we feel because this isn't one of those moments where we're like, it's fine though because, you know, this is like the first time in the show where we don't know what the fuck is, what the fuck just happened. Yep. What? And then the... Like the season finale of the first season pretty much was was the opposite of this, (laughs) you know? Like, holy shit. And then, thank God. We get our saving grace. Think about what he probably did. He probably somehow like mustered up enough heat to break out of that crystal like chain thing he was in. He bursts in and says, go, I'll hold them off for as long as I can. And he starts fighting just as Katara does this. She like looks down kind of yep. and then holds her hand up. Yep. And she just this spiral. This, this yes, swirling this spiral, spiral of water of just water. carries them up. And now this image it's right so here fucking cool. We talk about we we've referenced many things from the show that we think about outside of the context of the show. When I am thinking in the context of the show and I just think about Avatar, like it's not on my mind. And then I think about Avatar, this shot right here of Katara lifting Aang, holding her arm up and just lifting them in this water spiral up through these crystal catacombs with these glowing like pastel green, neon green crystals Away from the Dai Li as Iroh bursts flames off at them. I think about this moment. Like, immediately when I think of Avatar. It's iconic. It really is. And I love uh, Iroh looking up, watching. And as soon as he sees that she's escaped, he does what he has done in a past episode. The hands. And settles yep. his hands. And then Palms down. is encased yep. in crystal yet again. And he just takes that. He is... Oh. The last thing we see from him is he he sees Zuko and just the look of anger and more so disappointment. Yep. Just that. It's like heartbreaking, dude. The the look on his face. And then we cut to the the gang. Appa flying. Yeah. And we're like, here's Aang still like, what? Is he unconscious? He's fucking dead, isn't he? God damn it. We forgot the spirit water. She takes it out. She makes this disc with it. This like disc of energy out of this spiritual water. And she we, we now see where Aang was was struck with the most damage, was in the center of his back. And which actually also makes sense if you remember the animation of him getting struck, he kind of pushes his chest out. Mm-hmm. Um and she applies this disc to his back and it radiates through. And at first, nothing happens. And just yeah, the, there's like, a moment of just pure. This, she makes just like a little sound. And fuck you, Mae Whitman, because you made my face leak all over the place. Yeah. There's just me some too. some little. Uh, 
Like it's that's all it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. But then his eyes open and he takes a breath. It worked. And this beautiful mirroring of this moment where Aang is given a second life, another chance. He is awoken again. And the first thing he sees, just like when he first came out of the iceberg, is Katara's face looking and smiling at him. Oh. And then... We cut over to Zuko and Azula. And Azula's saying, we've done it. And Zuko's like, I betrayed Something uncle. feels wrong. Something yeah. feels wrong. And she says, he betrayed you. He betrayed you. Oh, I hate it. It's so perfectly manipulative yep. because it's something he can totally make himself by yep. just long enough to do you know what i mean yep. and she's saying father will now restore your honor um and he says but i i don't have the avatar or or anything she says no today you restored your honor and uh that's where we're left for the end of season two with them and the last we line... cut back to the earth king Flying off, looking back solemnly at the city he has not just grown up in, but never even left. And for the first time, finally understood and wanted to protect. Yep. And says, the Earth Kingdom has fallen. And that's it. That's the end of season two. It's brutal. <laughs> It's, it's like, it is a tragedy. Season two yes. is a tragedy. Yes. Just be glad that you don't have to wait for a whole oh my God. summer for another season of the show to come Can out. Can you imagine? I don't remember if I, as a kid, was like up to date enough to have to wait like a whole year to watch it again. I'm... I don't remember either, to be honest. Yeah. I do remember starting season three yes. and the feelings I got. Yep. Which we'll get to, yeah. but for now... Let's do a kid moment of the week real quick. Yeah, we should talk about a kid moment of the week, even though I'm like on the verge of yeah. tears thinking about <laughs> oh how that episode ended. God. Yeah. Uh, so for me, there's like a few Bosco moments that I love yeah. in this episode. I am just a fan of, I'm not leaving without Bosco! <laughs> and I do like uh, that. Also, Bosco just being like waking up from a nap after being told right. like his animal his senses Bosco's would animal know. instinct would sense them out <laughs> just uh, uh how about you what do you got, what do you got for i this? like that i'm looking over my the other ones i i marked and i don't think any of them are as good as that uh i do like <laughs> the whole scene of ty lee getting trapped in rock and then may just saying just take the bear <laughs> i think that's fine honestly yeah because that's like partially because of bosco this whole time right. is what makes this funny you know yeah all right okay well may gets uh may gets a kid moment of the week uh influenced greatly by bosco the bear <laughs> just <laughs> yes, take the bear good. wow okay dude we're uh we're done with season two we've done a podcast episode about every episode of avatar in season one and season two wild it feels cool yeah man like it feels good holy cow and i'm 
Just excited to dive into season three. You know what I'm but before excited we do to talk that, about. Spider-Man 2. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, for those of you that don't know, we set up a structure when we first started this that we were going to, after each season of Avatar, talk about each one of the three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which were huge for us as kids i mean like some of the most watched movies as kids so absolutely for both of us so it's the perfect opportunity we get to talk about the best of the three spider-man 2 although i really like the first one and i haven't seen spider-man 3 in a long time but i would agree no that's we're on the same page with that but i when people ask me what my favorite movies are, Spider-Man 2 is one that I spout out when I'm spouting out like yeah. 10 or 15 of them. <laughs> right, totally. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh. So I'm super excited to watch it and talk about it. Can't wait. I think oh. we're not ready exactly to announce uh, what else, but I think also before we get back to season three, we're going to be talking about another movie uh, around Thanksgiving time. Um, yeah, w- w- more on that to come, I think, uh, as we discuss. For sure. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, especially anybody who's been listening as this is coming out, or if you're, you've been a listener since the beginning, it's so cool to get to this landmark and we appreciate you sticking with us, or if you've left and come back, or if you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you checking this out so much. I want to thank Safina Sago for our cover art. If you are interested in other podcast listening experiences, you can check out our actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. That is uh, streaming on uh, Spotify and iTunes as well as most other sites. I think it automatically goes out to things. I got to really find a full list of everything it goes to. But you can also find it on <laughs> legendary4.com. That's spelled out legendaryfour.com, where all of these episodes, all of those episodes are, and you can leave comments on those that we will see and we can respond to. We'd love it if you do that. You can reach out to us on social media as well. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at New Lens Pod. Should we close this one out? I think so. It feels bittersweet having a season finale closer. Yeah. You know, even though we're still going to be right back at it in a few days, it's bittersweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been. 